What's going on, everybody? It is Colin of Colin's Conversations. As always, another great interview today. Antoine Dunn stopped by, singer, songwriter, entrepreneur, uh, has a new record out called Everything. Check that out. We talk all about it. Talk about a lot of great tips for entrepreneurs in the music industry, and there are also uh, some applicable tips for people that aren't in the music industry and that are just trying to succeed and get to bigger, bigger and better things. So check that out. More footage, the video footage of it at collinsconversations.com backslash Antoine. Uh, what is that little slash? Done. We'll have a link in the description. Anyways, uh, the first like two, two and a half minutes are kind of rough audio, but uh, after that, it gets really good. So just had a few technical difficulties, but a lot of great content. Let me know what you think at collinsconversations.com. Let's get to the show. Lily, what, what happened on October 7th? Whoo! Damn, you asked all the good questions. Collins Conversations, I'll let you introduce yourself, let everybody know who you are, kind of what you do, and uh, break it down from there. Got you. Uh, my name is Antoine Dunn. I'm a recording artist, music producer, and record executive. And uh, I've known you for years. Uh, you're from Cleveland, Ohio? Yes, I am. Um, born and raised? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Mm-hmm. Uh, Eastside. And where are you out of now? Uh, New York. And what made you make that move from Cleveland all the way to New York City? Well, you know, I mean, I still have roots here in Cleveland, um, so I'm back and forth. Um, but the thing is, uh, a lot of my colleagues that I worked with on this on this new album um, were based in New York. You know what I mean? So I, I felt that it was um, imperative just to kind of like spend a lot more time in the market um, and just have a presence. Um, so, you know, definitely we'll be spending a, a ton more time there in Atlanta and even in LA as well. And you not not only have you lived in different places, but you've also lived internationally. Didn't you live uh, in was it Malaysia for a few uh, months? Thailand. Thailand. Yeah, I lived in Thailand. Um, that was uh, an amazing experience. Um, you know, I I love the Thai people. So if there are any Thai people watching. You know, you're my family. You know, um, very hospitable, uh, wonderful place, tropical climate. You know, it was all good. <laughs> yeah, it was all good. Man. And what took you there? Was that just you find a music gig or? Yeah, so at the time I was a um, I was a music director for a, a top forty pop band um, by the name of Centric. So what we were doing is we were um, uh, we had a contract with Hard Rock International. Um, if you're familiar with the Hard Rock Resort um, uh, conglomerate, um, we had a contract with them to play Hard uh, Rock in South Southeast Asia. So yeah, no, that was um, that was really cool, man. And what type of uh, influence would you say that experience had on your making music after that? Or maybe even not making music, but seeing where you could take music? Uh, I think that that experience really uh, enhanced my um, musical vocabulary because when your job is to play, you know, uh, 50 songs in a night, um, and, you know, those songs are all by other artists. Um, you know, it really gives you a um, an idea of how all these different songs seem to correspond uh, musically, and it also enhances your music vocabulary. So that when you sit down to create your own work, um, you know you can you can include those influences um, in your work as well. So that when you sit down to create your own work, um, you know you can you can include those influences um, in your work as well. I was listening to everything you said. That's why we always have two cameras rolling. Like, there we go. This shouldn't have gone black that fast. <laughs> right, right. But uh, Hard Rock Cafe, to me, that seems like you kind of keep still an American vibe when you're over there, though. Or is it 
is it really their culture at that point or do you have to really go off the reservation to really get into that culture? Yeah, you know, I, I think that it, it is American, but at the same time, anytime you take uh, American music and you present it in any other um, environment, you know, and particularly a, a, a geographic territory, um, just the, the appreciation and the interaction with the music is what's inherently different mm -hmm. um, than, than here. And, and that in itself creates a whole nother cultural experience, you know, as it relates to, to the music. So yeah, it was, it was a very much American experience, like home away from home, but at the same time, um, you know, you're in another country and, and, and everything's different. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, do you still keep in touch with anybody from those times? Uh, yeah, yeah, absolutely, man. Um, you know, when I was over there, I, w I was blessed to produce a record for uh, a group by the name of uh, uh, Dear Dorothy. Um, uh, one of my dear friends, his name is Dia, and uh, he's a, you know, consummate professional, you know, music producer, writer, arranger. Um, you know, I had a chance to do some work with, with them while I, was, while I was over there. It was a great experience, keeping contact with him and, um, that, you know, a lot of people. You know, Facebook makes the world go round. Absolutely. Yeah, Facebook's amazing. Like, like, kind of like you said, if Thailand's watching, that just means, you know, a couple dollars a day. Let's shoot that out to Thailand. <laughs> right. Like, does right. anybody remember Antoine from, you know, was that 2010 or Man, whatever 2010, it was? 11, yeah, early, early 2011. Um, yeah, no, that was great. A couple of radio personalities that, that I keep in contact with um, over there uh, with BBC Radio and, and um, you know, a couple other radio conglomerates. Um, so, yeah, no, I mean, Thailand was great, man. Absolutely. Yeah, totally. Um, let's go back deeper into the music. Um, for those that don't have never heard your music, how would you describe it? Hmm. Can, can, you, can you put a genre on it? I, I just heard some new stuff that's coming out. Um, which, you know, the new title, everything with you do everything, but can you put a label on what you produce? Oh, no, I mean, I, I fundamentally just don't believe in genres at all. Right. You know what I mean? Um, however, that's just kind of like what we have to do from a music marketing standpoint. Right. You know, we have to find a, a way to attach a, a genre and a barcode and a, and a core demographic to market to. Um, but that's the business side of things from a creative standpoint. That's like saying, um, that's like saying, I believe that the, the ability to create comes from the gods or the universe, if you will. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And with respect to that, the gods and the universe are, are limitless. So, you know, you can't really limit them. Right. So how could you limit creativity? I mean, you really, you really can't. So, um, the way I describe my music is that I, I call it the good kind. Uh, so... <laughs> Uh, that's that's the genre that I um, I subscribe to, and with respect to that, and, and saying that uh, for any other listener who hears it, they call it whatever you know. If they listen to it and they say, "Hey, this is R and B," or "This is pop," or "This is soul," right. they can do that. But you're not gonna hear me say that that it's R and B or it's you know, nah, I'm not gonna say that. It's just good. Right. Yeah, I had a rapper, uh, local guy, Curly Chuck. I don't know if okay. you ever heard of him. I never him. heard of him, man. Um, you have to look into him. Really, really creative. Um, yeah. Both lyrical rapper, but also kind of like the emotional kind of songwriter as well. Yeah, yeah. Uh, But he, he had a quote on the show saying, you know, don't put yourself in a box. Like, don't label yourself just as a rapper or as a producer. Like, learn as much as you can and kind of just keep growing as an artist. Like, kind of like you're saying, yeah. don't put yourself as, oh, I just sing. Like, gotcha. why don't you try something else too? You know, yeah, yeah. kind of take that and build off that. Yeah, totally. Um, a couple segments that we have on the show. Um, let's, first one, let's go through. We just started this one with the Jamil show. 
um, I call this the elevator pitch game. Mm -hmm. um, I'm gonna go through your discography real quick, kind of, I wanna say a song, and kind of just like you're, you have a quick elevator pitch. You get 20 seconds to say right to the camera, what should people know about that song? Oh God. That's, oh. That, that's the reaction oh. I was hoping for. Yeah, well, forgive my answers in advance. Forgive them in advance. Let's start off with, uh, actually let's make this not the full digital, because I have, in 2012, still have the project over here dang let me see that disc isn't in there but i still have this i don't even, i don't even have this i have uh the, the disc is somewhere wow. still at my mom's house i ran over there and found that that's still when you have album artwork everything a full back page of thank yous back when it was a whole nother process of putting out kind of music right wow blast from the past Collins conversations trying to be nardware pulling that's, out that that's shit crazy from the past. man that's that's nostalgic as hell absolutely yeah. so uh First on the elevator pitch, Can't Forget, one of my favorite songs of yours, but. Wow. Uh, a song that um, was brought to me by a dear friend. Um, it, 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 it talks about something that everybody else goes through, that everybody goes through at some point, is that that one person that, that you can't forget, and it's like, oh man, it hurts so bad to even think about this person. But at the end of the day, I, I, even though it, it hurts to think about them, I still have to acknowledge, you know, their contribution to making me who I am in my development as a human being. A kind of sidestep from that one, just another question I had for you. You have a remix to Can't Forget yeah. um, with cl some Cleveland legendary people on there. Uh, yeah. How did that collaboration happen? Well, you know, um, you know, uh, some of my radio people at the, at the time um, in New York were talking about you know, who we could attach to the record to continue to tell the narrative of like, hey, you know, Cleveland guy doing some big things, you know, who could we attach to it? Um, and then, you know, Bone Thugs came up, you know, uh, Kid Cudi, a lot of people came up. Um, and just so happened that, um, you know, Crazy really showed a lot of interest in wanting to hop on the record. We were like, hey, let's let's put him on the record. Absolutely. You know what I mean? So, yeah. When, when As soon as you said that, kind of like, going through the list in my head I was like who Cleveland person because you know like you listen to that song and it's really you know real uh, like joyful I think would be yeah, the word yeah and then like you don't really attach that with the bone thugs you're thinking more dark and you know <laughs> right like the way that he just like you know the harmony and everything mm -hmm. the way he was able to carry it like mm -hmm. it really blended well with it um, what can you tell us about miss my love Woo! well Miss My Love is uh, a song about uh, someone who was, who was very uh, special to me at, at one point. Um, if there's a, a buzzer, I would, hit that, <laughs> I would hit that mug right now. You know, like, eh, you one know. of those you gotta eat the highway now. <laughs> right, 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 right. But uh, yeah, no, that's that's one of those Babyface songs where, you know, I remember Babyface saying that he, uh, he, he wrote all these songs about one breakup. Like, that's how impactful it was. Mm -hmm. So. Um, Miss My Love, I mean, I wrote 76 songs about this situation. <laughs> yeah, no, legit, 76. Right. And um, song number 76 was, was called uh, Truth, Truth of the Matter. But, uh, and that's why that album was called gotcha. that. But song number 75 called Miss My Love. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, kind of sidestep from there too, because you're bringing up all these th good things that carry to other parts of what I normally try to get to is, how do you know when a song is ready to release? Like, like you said, the same idea you did 70 different, 75 different ways. How do you know when it's the time where you're like, all right, I want to put that out for the masses? Uh, I think it's a combination of things. Um, pr primarily, 
like um, you know having a good song is one thing but having a good recording is a different thing um, so a lot of times when when you're an independent and you're doing your own thing excuse me you um, it, it's about being ready for opportunities to where you're aligned with either capital or resources to where you can produce those bodies of work um, at the highest level possible so that they can be commercially viable um, so you know, for me, it's like, that's why I have a lot of songs in my catalog, just unreleased songs that are mm -hmm. just kind of like, hey, well, these songs are for a future opportunity. I don't know what that opportunity is, but um, every song has a home. And I think that is very much aligned with opportunities for those songs. You know what I mean? Songs can take you different places. When you got songs sitting in the catalog, when somebody calls and say, hey, we need a song for ESPN, or we need a song for this, or right. we want to sign you to a you know two album deal, and you're like, yeah, I'm gonna go to the catalog, I got a thousand songs. So, you know, I can pick 10 for each album. Right. Yeah, we can do that. Absolutely. Give me a check. <laughs> you know, like. Within that catalog, uh, years ago, you were touring with Anthony Hamilton. Anything with him in the catalog? Um, we worked on a lot of records, none of them made the album, mm -hmm. um, but uh, with respect to that question, you know, he was in the studio with me when I did uh, a song called Stand Tall, um, and matter of fact, we were in Vegas for the uh, Soul Train Awards, um, and we were recording at the world famous Palms, uh, the recording studio at the Palms, you know, the resort, so... Um, but yeah, yeah, he was there um, for that. Uh, unfortunately, none of the records that we were actually working on together actually, you know, made made the album. Mm -hmm. But we had several uh, sessions in, in uh, Charlotte and you know Vegas, uh, Cleveland. Um, but yeah, no, Anthony's a great guy, man. Yeah, he, he's. Through, I don't know him personally, obviously, but yeah. like through his music, it just seems like a completely genuine type dude. Yeah, I, I, I would 100% agree, man. I'll never forget. Not to take us too far off. Uh, schedule, but I'll never forget, man. When I was younger, I used to always listen to his records, and I, I used to always say to myself, like, man, this guy reminds me of me, you know, like, and it, well, I can see that like a Southern Antoine, yeah, yeah, like a Southern Antoine right. that wears like you know big brim hats and you know shit like that. <laughs> but uh, I, I'll never forget, man. I had one of my first tours. Uh, one of the first dates was in uh, uh, what's that place in Louisiana called? Um, New Orleans. Yeah, sorry everybody. Not that New Orleans wasn't memorable. Like, it's, <laughs> if you're from there, like, it's a great place. Um, so yeah, we had to show a thousand blues, man. And I can remember walking into the venue, and I'll never forget. You know, uh, turn around. Anthony Hamilton walks in. He looks at me. He goes, "Mr. Dunn," and I'm just like, I almost lost my shit. Like, <laughs> oh man, Anthony Hamilton is he like he. He knows my name before right. I, you know, before I even. He noticed you before you even. Noticed yeah, him. before I, you know, and I, and I think that that's um, it says something about his character, um, level of humility that that he has. You know what I mean? And you know him wanting to see me win, um, you know, and pretty much hand selecting me to do you know those few tours with him. So definitely thankful for him. But yeah, that's that was a really great experience though. Does the dynamic change once you meet your heroes and kind of, you know, you're rubbing shoulders with a lot of guys that you've listened to growing up and things like that? Do you view anybody different after meeting them or what's that like meeting your idols? Um, you know, I, I, I nothing, nothing really changes for me, you know what I mean? Because I, I feel like I've always had a, a, a high sense of, um, you know, belonging in that conversation, mm -hmm. whether I was there or not. Like I always felt like, 
Yeah, my name needs to be in this conversation with these with these guys. You know, I always had a, a high sense of um, worth in terms of my work. You know what I mean, and mm -hmm. my commitment to the art. So with respect to that, when I meet them and they're and they're like, you know, and I mean, not to sound arrogant, but when they're like, "Hey, man, your stuff's your stuff's pretty okay, man." It's like, well, you know, <laughs> it's like, thanks, man. Yours is too. Right. You know what I mean? Um, but yeah, no, nothing nothing really changes. I think the only thing that changes is you know when you can look in your phone and you can see people's names in there right you know it's just like you're scrolling through like they're just anybody else and they are you know what i mean they're right. people but they're influencers though you know so i think i think that's that's cool just to be able to text somebody and be like hey what's up you know mm -hmm. whatever but not nah, nothing changes man yeah you're you've always been a good person at networking and kind of just getting your personality and getting support behind what you want to do for anybody that's listening or watching do you have any networking tips of how to because they always say if you're the smartest person in the room, get out and network with people that are better than you. What tips do you have to kind of take, even if you don't have the resources now, to level up and meet people that could help you get to where you want to go? I mean, the best experience that I could give anyone pursuing anything in entrepreneurship, but especially in music, is, um, you know, you have to understand the art of leverage, you know, which, you know, in my mind simply says, like, how do you you know, tilt the table towards you. Mm -hmm. You know, if, if it's like a hundred pennies on the table and the game is, you know, who, whoever can collect the most pennies wins, you know, how do you tilt the back of the table so that all the, you know, all the right. damn pennies just roll, roll to you. And um, and that's that's a conversation and, and positioning. And, and what I mean is like, one of my mentors used to tell me, he's like, how do you change the conversation from Antoine's like everybody else to here's everybody else and here's Antoine and it could be as simple as doing something like going to Thailand right or you know it could be as simple as like hiring a certain you know collaborator to work on your project even if they cost more than the guy that that you have access to in your network right you know those type of um we call them talking points you know and it's like um, when you have those additional talking points the narrative is more interesting um, and, and that's the leverage that you need a lot of times to um, uh, break through and just just commitment, you know, too. like just, you know, just stick with it. I mean, don't think it's going to come easy. Right. It ain't. Right. You know, it's, it's kind of simple. It's just like know what you want, but know that it's not going to happen when you want it to happen and just stick with it. You'll get there. Absolutely. I was just having that same conversation with my wife last night. Yeah. You know, kind of. I'd, I'd been doing landscaping for like 10 plus years mm -hmm. and I had that down, but it just, I couldn't find the right work dynamic to get labor to help scale it and grow it. And mm -hmm. I just had enough of, you know, sell 15 more accounts and then I'm doing 80 yards by myself. Like I had enough of it. So I was like, I like doing the marketing part of landscaping. So why don't I try to break away from that and just do sole on marketing, mm -hmm. which I mean, you, you've done similar ventures where you like oh, absolutely. The, the, the founding stages of that is so many highs and lows of where you're like mm -hmm. yesterday, you're like, fuck uh, ramen noodles sound expensive. And then at the same day <laughs> where you're at that low, you're right. like, oh, I just sold 600 articles to write. Right. That'll keep me busy for the next three weeks. So that, I've got that little right. window now of right. work comes, work goes, you do good work, you mm -hmm. put out good music, you put out good content work comes back like, right right and a lot of people instead of doing that go for that nine to five where you're stuck at it which to me yeah i mean i've been an entrepreneur my whole life even as a kid where like yeah. like you said that counting pennies i used to be in my fucking room yeah every night i knew how many pennies nickels dimes and quarters i had right like you're like and how can i take these and make more of them right you know kind of it's always right. been in me but i think a lot of people like we said off camera that musicians especially think that because you could go upload everything to soundcloud itunes things like that mm -hmm. you could record everything 
you and I right now have more power in this room than people ran the entire country until 20 years ago. <laughs> right, like it's right, crazy when right. you put that like access to technology, but people are kind of just, you know, auto-tune and a quick verse, things like yeah, that. Yeah. Um, and I think a lot of music, I think what separates yours, not only do you put time into the production of it, but mm -hmm. you're a storyteller. Like, yeah. like you said, you know, every track on this this album, every track on everything you've done, like listening to it, it's a story, and you're using the background music kind of as the, all right, the climax of the story is coming. Like, mm -hmm. how as a person do you tell a better story? I, I think that the key in telling a good story is telling a true one first. Mm -hmm. You know, what I mean, I, I think that uh, from a creative standpoint. Uh, many artists are, are in the art of, of telling, you know, fictional stories. To me, I can't really attach to stories that aren't real. Mm -hmm. You know, when people will ask, you know, well, why does it take so long to do this or why does it take so long to do that? Well, at the end of the day, you can't create art if you haven't lived life because, well, in my, in, for me. I know, totally agree with that. Yeah, I gotta, you can't, you can't rush art because you can't rush life. That's like me saying I'm gonna live a year and a month. Right. No, that's not gonna happen. Like your ass is gonna literally live a whole year. Right. And you gotta sit here and be patient. And at the end of that year, you'll have a year's worth of things to talk about. Mm -hmm. You know, there's there's no shortcut. At the end of the day, you wanna talk about relationships, you gotta be in a relationship. Right. You gotta see how it goes. It, Absolutely. Either it works totally or, or it don't work. And if it don't work, then you got all the stories about it. Like, right. you know, the good times, the bad times, the other times, the oh man, we about to get this together. <laughs> oh shit, it really didn't work at all. Well, no, good try. Right. Moving on. Like, and, and, those, and those are the song titles that you get. Absolutely. You know? Yeah, totally. Um, you're wearing a couple different things that say the same thing. What can you tell me about Harvey Marie Records? Wow. Um, so. Uh, Harvey Marie Records um, is uh, my first venture in entrepreneurship um, that's directly related to music. Mm -hmm. um, this is uh, my own label um, and it, it's a legacy piece for me. Um, you know, most people know that, that my mom uh, passed back in 2011. Um, her dad's name is Harvey. Okay. And. Um, you know, and, and you know, my, my uh, grandmother also passed on, on my uh, dad's side, um, and uh, her name's Gladys, but you know, her middle name's Marie. A lot of people refer to her as Marie. Gotcha. You know, so I was thinking, how can I make this a legacy, you know, piece and still have it have a catchy kind of ring to it, something right. that can be branded, you know, put on a T-shirt, on a hat, on whatever. And I was like, Eureka, like <laughs> Harvey Marie, you know, so Harvey Marie Records is, you know, it's it's my baby. But at the same time, um, you know, it's it's just it's my it's my legacy, you know, and, and I hope that it's something that not just my family and, and friends that I know can be proud of, but just, you know, independent, you know, artists around the world and entrepreneurs can be proud of, you know what I mean? This is something that. It, it, it literally developed organically, mm -hmm. like literally, from the slogan to the logo to the mission statement. Like it, it just, it literally just developed over time. Like I didn't plan it; mm -hmm. it, it just happened. <laughs> so it's just kind of like, it, and and that's just how I live my life, man. I, I I call it just being in the flow, man. You know, it's like I'm in the flow of life. 
I don't try to block anything. You know, I let bad shit happen to me. Mm-hmm. You know, like. And you're open to good shit. Yeah, it's all good. Like at the end of the day, you can't. What you gonna think? You gonna think nothing bad is ever gonna happen? Right. You know, and, and I don't even think of my life in the context of good and bad anymore. You know what I mean? I think of my life in the context of good and other. Anything that I, that I used to call bad, like I just put it in the, in the other category because, man, I'm a king at like turning a negative into a positive picture. Absolutely. It ain't nothing but creativity. Yeah, I, I always say that negative things are just a learning experience to how to get make something better. You could either sub- be lazy and take the negative and then all life sucks or right. you're like, oh, well, yesterday my fucking shoe ripped. Maybe I should not wear that pair of shoes anymore. You know, kind of right. give me a better pair of shoes and oh, my back feels better. And kind of right. like right. using right. each negative thing to be like, how can I make that better? Like you said earlier, no excuses and keep moving. Yeah, you got to just keep moving forward. What made you uh, want to go... Uh, start the label thing you said it kind of happened organically but is it kind of just your interest in not only producing your own stuff but also kind of bringing out the the talent of others well I mean I think just to back up a little bit in in the years uh, between the the truth of the matter record and and this record um, I I did a lot into learning a lot about uh, my entrepreneurship Mm -hmm. Um, and you know I was instrumental in starting um, several you know, companies and, and being involved. Um, and I've always loved business. And I think that's just something that a lot of people don't really know about me. You know, when you're presented as a um, as an artist, mm-hmm. you know, people are like, oh yeah, well, that dude's an artist or he's a singer. You know, you hear a song on the radio and, and the person's singing, they're gonna think, oh, he's a singer. They're not gonna think, oh, he's a singer and a businessman and a music producer and a this and a that. You know, because at the end of the day, they're like, oh, I hear a guy singing to me on the radio, and that's just kind of it. So, um, to get back on point, it's just like, in that time, I really learned a lot about business, and and um, I didn't plan to exit those biz- business ventures. Right. But they just kind of popped but, up but, and ran with them. Yeah, but they popped up, and, and then the universe kind of popped me right on out of them. Right. And then I, and then I rolled those those assets, you know, literally and figuratively and, and um, from a knowledge standpoint into what I'm doing right now. So it's, it's a lot of things that I, that I learned working on other projects that now I want to use all of that knowledge to build Harvard Marie. Absolutely. Yeah. On the entrepreneurship side, uh, a lot of people, when you think of artists, you think they're either getting money from streaming or Mm -hmm. that's about it nowadays. You know, like like you said, you don't even have CDs anymore. Um, What are three ways that people can make money off of music that they might not have already thought of that are kind of those, aha, I should have been doing that all along? Hmm. I would say, um, you know, advertising, uh, synchronization. And, um, you know, uh, I would say advertising, synchronization, and, um, uh, uh, you know, uh, you know, commercial application. You know, I think that a lot of people don't um, actively pursue assigning, you know, their songs to advertising opportunities, even local advertising opportunities. Mm -hmm. You know, it's a lot of low-lying fruit. Um, you know, locally and regionally, um, when you look at entities that have the budgets to to actually be able to, um, you know, align whatever you know visual element they have with your music, you know, i.e., like uh, you know, car dealerships or mm-hmm. you know, 
you know, entities that have a vested interest in, in pushing several, um, you know, either semi-annual or quarterly initiatives. Mm -hmm. You know, you think of a car dealership, you know, they're they're gonna do a, a year-end thing. I mean, they're, they're doing a year-end thing, they're doing every holiday. A car dealership is a great one to kind of think, any advertising or marketing to try to get into. Right. Um, and like, like you're saying, for a commercial and things, I make videos all day long. And when you listen to just two people talking, it's boring as shit. <laughs> right. A lot of a lot of the time, mm -hmm. like of an hour interview, there's twenty or thirty minutes that you were like, oh, even on a great interview, you know, like I'm sure you've done interviews yeah. where like, oh, that was great, and then you see all the footage, and you're like, oh, there's a lot of dull time <laughs> right, to right. have the right music right. behind it or right. to have a song to kind of amp it up. Like it's amazing visual. You think video visual, but mm -hmm. really the audio part of video is so much more important. Whether it's you know the background, whether it's talking, any of that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what makes for a good recording in your mind? Because you're also a producer and singer, so you kind of know both sides of, yeah. of the board. Yeah. Um, what separates a good recording from a bad recording, in your opinion? Because it is kind of subjective. Yeah, that, that's, a, that's a tough question to answer because... Or is there anything that could ruin a recording? Hmm. Yeah, uh, yes. But that is really tough to answer. Gotcha. And the reason, and the reason it's tough to answer is because the answer is hardly that linear. Like it's right. not point A to point B. Totally. You so. know, because in in some scenarios, I'll give you an example. Um, I had songs on the Truth of the Matter record that I used a sample from a recording on a BlackBerry from a rehearsal, and then <laughs> it ended up being turned into a song. Right. You know what I mean? So a lot of times in a song. Um, I think it's about the vibe and it's a feel, mm -hmm. you know, certain elements of a song have a feel and they have a vibe. Um, so I think the experience comes in with knowing what elements in the song can or should be low resolution or can be kind of, you know, weird. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like if you're in the bathroom right. and, and you know, you're brushing your teeth and, and you get a <laughs> sound bite of somebody calling you and you're like, oh man, shit, that sounds dope. Like knowing how to take that low res element that is interesting it's interesting right. but it's low resolution you know knowing like how to place that element into a song with other high res resolution elements so that it has a vibe gotcha and you know what i mean um and I, and I think that's an art that you could only learn um over time there are songs on the everything record where you know just to get an idea out you know i may have re recorded on the voice recorder on the iphone and that same element is is in the song right now you know what i mean that's put together with you know recording at you know some of the best studios in the world and you know very very high resolution um, elements put together with those and they just seem to work well together gotcha yeah um, my last question before we fully get into everything because i do want to spend at least a decent chunk you know kind of yeah this guy's got an album coming out <laughs> yeah it, it'll be out a couple days i'm going to release this one next monday gotcha. this upcoming kind of following a couple days after because okay. uh, we only release on mondays gotcha. i was ridiculous my first started podcasting i thought i was putting out seven episodes a week yeah i've never once put out seven episodes a week like, <laughs> i was like oh i'm gonna do artists this day you know uh authors that day business people local stuff this day and then i was like 
this takes so much time to edit everything down and yeah. to like actually make it into something that people would want to see. It's like once a week. Once a week is manageable. Right. Record right. it, kind of promote it for a couple of days, right. kind of move on right. to the next project, and it allows right. from creatively like to be able to like, all right, let me work on this type of editing style this time, or this type of tiles, or you know, kind of change it up each week. Totally. Um, but I've been looking at your website the last couple of minutes while you've been talking, and what makes the difference between a song being a billboard top like you've had or a song that yeah. flops is that just is there anything that people can avoid <laughs> or is there any everybody's always looking for that shortcut and i i know well yeah. enough to know there is no shortcut that yeah. that billboard top 100 was you know years in the making yeah. but is there anything that makes it more commercially viable opposed to just art hmm no uh i think uh it's a matter of a lot of these things are a spiritual conversation. Mm -hmm. um, you know, it's a combination of things. So you have the spiritual element that says, how bad do you believe what you want other people to believe? You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It's like, are you playing the fucking lottery with your shit? Mm -hmm. Or are you, do you really know that you're gonna win with your shit? Are you like, hey, I'm just gonna see if this is gonna work? Or are you like, it's gonna work, you know what I'm saying? Like, and, and so there's a little bit of that. It's like, how bad do you believe it? Um, and then there's a little bit of like, potentially access to capital or, um, or the equivalent uh, through relationships. Yep. You know, um, so it's, again, it's either um, a conversation about no, things happen. You want, you want to learn one way to run a, a recording? <laughs> hit the doorstopper. Yeah, hit the doorstopper, for real. <laughs> but you never know, you might hear that and be like, that might be in the next project. I'm like, that's my doorstopper. Right, man. exactly, I'm just telling you, man. You know, we're gonna do we're gonna do a track with the doorstopper to show people what I, what I was talking about. Right? You know? Absolutely. That, yeah, that would be dope. But um, yeah, it's, it's a combination of things. You know, number one, which I think people don't understand is, is spiritual development. You know, you, you have to be at a point to where everything that you do is in line with your goal. Like, you gotta be obsessed, you know? That's the difference between me and a lot of people. Like, I'm, I'm obsessed, like, man, listen. Like, man, I, I work right all the time. See, people see people who work nine to fives, like, they, they think that, and, and it's not like a, you know, really a, compar exactly a, a, a comparative like, type of thing, but it's like, man, listen, I don't get off, ever. I don't get off work. Like, I don't get off at six, you know? It's like, if it's something that needs to be done. You're going all night. Yeah, Absolutely. like, like I'm gonna I'm get it done. So I, I think, you know, belief, having a really strong why, like, why are you doing this? What like who are you doing this for? What are you are you are you working to make money? Or are you working to make a difference? Mm -hmm. Now and that that's a fundamental thing too. Like before we even talk about like all the other stuff, man. I think that everyone thinks it's a shortcut. Like you said, there is no shortcut. It starts with you spiritually. However you get there, whether it's religion, yoga, you know, riding a bike. Like I ride bike. You know what I mean? Like. Whatever it is that gives you like that mental clarity to, mm -hmm. to be able to identify like why you're doing what you're doing. Because for most people, they're like, well, I'm going to work. And it's like, well, why are you going to work? Well, because of people, because I got to work, right? <laughs> and it's like, yeah, you got to work. Well, why are you going to work? It's like, well, because I got to pay bills, right? right? And it's like, okay, cool. So 
So what's your day look like? Well, really, I count my day down. Right. And when you count your day down, you count your life down. It's like, oh, man, yeah, man, uh, uh, can't wait till my lunch break. <laughs> oh, man, can't wait till I get off. Oh, <laughs> uh, can't wait till Friday. Can't right. wait till the weekend. And then on Sunday, it's like, man, I really don't want to go to work tomorrow. Right. See what I'm saying? Absolutely. So it's like you, you, you on this hamster wheel just counting your whole life down. You know what I mean? Alternatively, you can dig deep into who you are. You know, what your, what your uh, you know, belief system is about fundamentally. What is your belief system? Absolutely. You know what I mean? And, and why you do shit. And so anyway. I, no, I, I, I love yeah, where I you're talk, going with I'll that. I'll talk whole. all day about that type of shit. No, I love where you're going with that one, though, because that's the same, especially somebody like me. I mean, think about it. I, I make marketing campaigns. I do social media management. I make websites. And I'm in this office. I mean, we turn it into a studio now, but then I bring up all the papers and notebooks that are under the table, and it's back into the <laughs> right. marketing office. <laughs> right. Like that thing right there, right. The, the people that think I don't do right. anything in a day, right. all of those right. things right there have right. to get done today. Right. Like there's a deadline on every one of those things right. that's in green, and it's that way of people like, oh, yeah, your wife goes to work and you stay home. That sounds great. You're like, yeah, but I'm before she wakes up, I'm in here doing emails and making things, and then she goes to work, and then I'm still in here, and then she comes home, and guess what? I'm still in here, you know, unless I'm out of right. a meeting or something like that. Nine to five guarantee. Right. Instead, I'm putting in 18 hours a day. I might yeah. have made a hundred. I might have made a thousand, but the variance is all over. But you're like, oh, I'm just gonna keep putting in hours because I love doing what I do, and uh, you love doing what you do, being making music. February 14th. Everything comes out. February 14th. Um, tell us everything we need to know about everything. Um, everything, no pun intended, is... Um, it's intended. <laughs> <laughs> right, it's all intentional. Um, it's, it's by far the, um, the, the body of work that I'm most proud of. Um, and simply because I did it my way. Mm -hmm. You know, um, obstacles and all. You know, I did it my way. I saw it through to the end, against all odds, uh, regardless of the haters, the people who didn't want me to finish it, the people who who thought that like, uh, yeah, you know, those first two hit records were an accident, mm -hmm. you know, you know what I mean? Um, so, but everything is a record that really, uh, for the lack of better terms, includes everything that I am, you know, as an artist, as a person, all of my experiences, uh, and life are represented through this through this record, um, with the platform being uh, music and instruments and vocal performances and sounds and, and equalization mm -hmm. and you know compression and mastering techniques and um, and it's 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 just in there, man. It's a lot of magic. It's a lot of magic in there, you know. So when you listen to the songs, some people don't understand how many things are affecting them. You know, it's, it's like I, I see people watch a lot of TV and I'm like, man, you have no idea how many ways you're being affected right. by some of the things that you're watching. And that's intentional that it's affecting you, but the right. fact that you don't know. <laughs> you know? <laughs> that means they did their job right. <laughs> yeah, it means, yeah. So, you know, uh, the Everything Record, you know, it was, it was our goal, uh, me and the collaborators, um, to, to just create a record that that would be effective and you know I'm confident that that we achieved that um, it, it's, it's it's beautiful man it's, it's a really beautiful piece of work man I'm happy with it absolutely what, what happened on October 7th Whoo! damn you asked all the good questions 
Shout that out. <laughs> I, I'm making a montage, and probably that either my anniversary. We got married uh, April 20th last year, and uh, my wife always says I never ask the right questions. Every yeah. episode, I always get at least one of those like, "Woo, you asked the best questions." I'm making a montage for her to be like, "Told you I asked yeah, all the yeah, right questions." Yeah, yeah, put me in there. Absolutely. In there. So what happened October 7th? Uh, so, so October 7th, um, I, I, I had an interaction. Um, with, a, with an individual who uh, made made me believe that uh, you know it was it was possible to to love again type of thing mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying um, and yeah and so instead of you know trying to be all super you know fancy about the the writing of the song i literally just let the song flow and and the first lyric that came out was october 7th was a good day (laughs) (laughs) october 7th was a good day i mean really um october 7th was a good day and um you know and it was and and i wrote i wrote a fucking song about it right you know like um so yeah it, it was a good day and and it was uh it was a par- it was a paramount day, you know, and, and me um, you know, deciding that to, to be uh, courageous, you know, which is how I live my life, but it was just a paramount day and 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 applying that courageous dynamic to to a, a separate um, I guess part of part of life. Gotcha. You know what I mean? And there's 11 tracks on the the project. You already have two of them kind of already out now. If somebody was only going to listen to one of them, they're only gonna listen to one. Where do we Where do we send them? Mm. Wow! If you're only gonna listen to one song, but one song's gonna get us hooked to be like, all right, I need to hear the rest of it. Mm. Can I say two, or it's gotta be one? You gotta say one, but then you can sneak that second one. I, I can give an honorable mention. Honorable mention. That's okay. Fair. All right. I would say lose it all. If, if there's a song that you're going to listen to, to be like, hmm, I want to hear more, it's going to be Lose It All. But the honorable mention is going to be Please Tell Me. But the truth is, either one of them could swap positions mm-hmm. and they would do the same thing. You've got a track on there, I Am, which was also one of my favorites off the first project. Yeah. They're also both almost the same time. This one says 420, that's 428. Are they similar? Are they different? Is it just uh, kind of show the growth from the first one to the second one? Yeah, you know, I, I think that um, uh, there's a, a great movie called uh, Life of Pi. Mm-hmm. And um, anyone who hasn't seen that movie, you know, you should go see it, uh, particularly if you're an entrepreneur and if, if you want to connect uh, deeper to spirituality and faith and, and what that looks like, I would encourage you to check it out. Um, but. Ang Lee, who's the director of that film, talks about conquering a film in a way. Um, so essentially, he's saying the, the process of of having an idea for a film in your head, mm-hmm. and once it's completed, what you see come out on the other side coincides with what you had in your mind before you went into production. And I Am was a record where. Um, it was very personal song to me with it with it having attachments to my to my my late mother um and and other experiences that i've had abroad that that were 
uh, important to me and it was important that the narrative be told in a way that the vision was given to me by God, you know what I mean? Um, and I just never felt that the I Am record um, was presented in that way. So when I when I got with Scott, uh, Scott Jacoby, which I'm sure we'll, we'll briefly talk about him um, in New York, we started going through the songs that we were gonna produce and uh, you know, his skill set, I was like, hey, let's put this one on there. Um, and, and believe it or not, um, he and several other people, you know, they asked, you know, hey, man, you know, th the first version sounds good or whatever. And I said, man, you know, trust me, man. Like, I think us working together on this, we're going to knock it out of the park. We're going to make it mm -hmm. what it was supposed to be in the first place. Kind of like you said earlier in the interview where you're kind of like, you know, I've got these and I keep them stored because one day you never know when this one's going to come to resurface and it'll be the time for it. Yeah, yeah. So. I'm excited about I am. You know, I definitely just want to do my do my my, uh, my mother proud and, and um, you know just 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 finish it the way that I always wanted to finish it. You know, I'm that guy. Right. You know what I mean? Like I'm that guy. Like if the idea is that we're gonna walk from here to New York City on foot, you know, I'm the guy that's that's gonna be like, all right, we can take as many breaks as y'all want to take, but we're not stopping until we get there. Right. Kind of thing. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm that guy. So yeah, I, I put the song out, you know, earlier, but at the end of the day, in my heart of hearts, I, it wasn't what I really wanted. So yeah. Gotcha. Um, the last one I got before we wrap it down, because I know we're running low on time, yeah. is uh, the video. Uh, music video? Yeah. Yeah, you know, I, I've 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 done I've done a lot of music videos um, over the years. Um, <laughs> my first music video I shot on Coventry. Nice. <laughs> uh, buddy of mine. Uh, Saeed uh, at the time owned this place called Bodega. I remember that. Yeah, yeah, The yeah. most expensive but delicious right. chicken wings you could ever have. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know. I, I remember that video now that you talk, now, now that you brought that memory back, that one of those, kind of just that little ball came right. right back. It's like, I remember that now. Yeah. But uh, is it just, you're, are you not as focused on video? Do you just like the production of audio more than video? No, no, I kind of, I, kind of both. No, I love, I love both, man. I, I think that um, for me, you know, we were in a lot of talks about uh, potentially doing a video album, which is something that we still might do. Um, I think that's a really underrated opportunity that a lot of people are really missing out. Yeah, yeah. So, um, but but with that in mind, you gotta have all the songs done first. True. Yeah, I mean, a lot of people don't like to plan. Is also why a lot of people miss out on that opportunity. But right. like the way that everything's becoming such a visual streaming, you know, video pops up on your screen more than anything. Like I think that's especially anybody that's really making a story, yeah. kind of connecting it as an album, as you mm -hmm. know, an album used to be. I think that's a really big missed opportunity. Two ways I always end every interview, two or three. Um, who are two or three people? that I should talk to now that you know what the interviews process are about? Who do you think would perform well in this and more people should know about? In, the, in this interview here? In, in this type of interview. Oh, okay. Whether whether it's in person or via, gotcha. via uh, streaming gotcha. or what have you. Gotcha. Um, Who would do well in a format like this and has a great story to tell? Gotcha, gotcha. Um, so in the, in the near future, I think a good person um, would be uh, an artist by the name of Ashley Shante. Um, who's who's gonna be uh, one of the first artists on, on the record label? Um, she has tremendous vocal ab abilities, um, but she also um, just 
is a great person, man, and um, you know, and she's gonna do some amazing things in the industry. So I'm really excited about her, um, and she's got all the personality in the world, man. Right. You, you you love to have her on. Um, so she and, and she's an entrepreneur too. So right. you know, the common denominator between a lot of the artists that I know and people that I would suggest to you is that they're not artists. They're left brain and right brain people, right? Like, like me. You know, I saying? think that's why you and I click. Like I, yeah. I can't make music, but you know, right. I, I know how to creatively see things or put together an image or a video yeah. or things like that. Like my creative brain works in a separate way, but it's also that business brain. That's like I need you to make you work. Right. <laughs> <laughs> right. Now do this together. <laughs> um, and then I would say, uh, is she coming to town with you? You're, you have a, a performance in Cleveland in uh, March, don't you? Yeah, I got a show coming up in March. Um, glad you brought that up at Playhouse Square. It's gonna be amazing. Um, Ashley's actually going to be on the on the DC date with me, gotcha. um, so she's not going to be coming to Cleveland. However, um, she did make it out to LA for me for Grammy weekend, and we did a, an amazing performance uh, at the Hollywood Roosevelt Hotel for Grammy weekend. It was it was it was really it was really dope, man. I was glad to have everybody on board for that. Um, so the second um, you know person that that I would uh, that I would suggest would be. A artist by the name of uh, Sneek. Sneek. Yeah, Sneek. Uh, she is. Uh, she's out of out of Atlanta, and I really hope I'm pronouncing her name right. Uh, I think I am. Um, but at any rate, uh, she's she's done a lot of writing behind the scenes um, for um, a lot of big artists, and uh, one of my dear friends um, who actually wrote on my record um, is is working with her, and uh, she's going to be opening my show. Um, in Cleveland, actually. Nice. Um, so uh, I, I, w I would suggest her. She, she's great, um, very well spoken, uh, driven, a very, very clear direction of, of where she wants to go um, as an artist. So, you know, definitely would love, love to, you know, connect you with her. Absolutely. Yeah. Something, especially if she's going to be here in another month, we'll have it set up for sure. Yeah. Um, the final two things is what do we leave out of this interview that you think more people should know or that you want to, you know, kind of bring to the world did, did we leave anything out yeah i was i'm I sure was, we left a ton out yeah I mean, you try to pack your whole life into an hour obviously, yeah yeah, but, yeah you know, like gotcha. any, anything pressing you're like oh you know i thought maybe we should have brought this up um i, I think just something i would i would want to say is that i, I just want to highlight um you know the importance of, of fans uh valuing music and music lovers valuing music uh to a level to where they'll they'll actually pay for it and and I just I just think it's a conversation that needs to be had mm -hmm. um, because as as lovers of music you know we, we listen to it and we we enjoy it you know what I mean and I just want to say to to make the the lives of, of the artists a, a little more uh, manageable you know what I mean I, I think that as listeners you know we have to get into the habit of a paying for music even if we love to stream right right even if it's convenient even if you know we don't like you know creating our own playlists or, or whatever and you know I, I think that we just need to have a conversation about valuing music to a point to, to you know the same way we, we go to the, the club and, and we spend you know ten dollars on one drink right you know you can't tell me that music has the power to change your whole mood Right, and it's not worth a dollar and it's, to it, and whatever. It, yeah, and it's and it's not worth you saying, "All right, I'm gonna buy this whole record for, you know, thirteen ninety nine. Right, 
Totally. You know what I mean? It's like, look, if you if you go to a, if you go to a bar, especially in New York or some other city, it's like, yeah, you get a cocktail for twelve dollars. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Right. If, if, if you tip a dollar or two, you know, it's fourteen dollars for a drink, which is which is something that it's not reciprocal. Like it's not giving you anything back. And it's gone in a half hour. You know, it's gone. Right. You know what I mean? Whereas with the songs. It's like, look, these are songs that people have put a lot of blood, sweat, and tears into. And, you know, hopefully next time I come on, we can really dive into, you know, the process of everything and making the record, how long it took. Oh, absolutely. You know, the logistics and the travel and the, you know, um, not specifically, but, you know, certain expenditures and things of that sort. So, um, yeah, man, it takes a lot to make music, you know what I mean? I just want the people to know that. Um, I know that you guys love music and, and you love what, what us artists do. Um, I, I just want to bring it into the to the conversation and into the fold of like if you love this music and you want to see artists um, continue to make it um, and, and be more comfortable while making it, mm -hmm. um, we can give you even more music that's better. You know, if we didn't have to find ten or fifteen different ways to supplement. Absolutely. You know what I mean? Uh, uh, the art because at, at the at the end of the day, I believe that albums. You know, should be sold for like fifty dollars. Right. Know? I mean, that's what I believe. You know what I mean? I mean, I don't know how far that's gonna go, right. but you know what I mean. I, that's just kind of like what I what I believe when you look at the power of music, the influence of music, um, and and music can literally change somebody's life. Right. Like it, it can change your life. You and know not just I mean? the listener, the musician. Like there's so many lives in that process that can be changed too. Yeah. Totally. People don't think music of art, but it's just, it is, it is, it's yeah. just a different medium. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, the way I end every interview is we're going to get you dead, dead on on the camera and I call it the digital soapbox. Gotcha. You kind of killed it with what you did there, but you have to condense it this time. Um, gotcha. cause you only get a minute on your digital soapbox. This is Antoine Dunn. Um, I'm coming off of a great Grammy award weekend performance at the Hollywood Roosevelt hotel, my brand new album, everything drops this Valentine's day. And, um, I would love for you guys to follow me. Um, some of my favorite songs off of the record, Lose It All, for all the ladies out there, all the lovers out there, um, Lose It All. If you don't have it, go get it. Uh, check me out at HarveyMarieRecords.com. Follow me on Twitter, at Antoine Dunn, on Instagram, at I am Antoine Dunn. Um, and when all else fails, just go to Google and type in Antoine Dunn, and um, make sure you check out that album, everything. It's gonna be amazing. Channel going on inside of smile. Heaven, dirty heaven.